Have fun. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, first of all, I just want to tell you I feel so honored to be here um, today. I mean, this is an amazing deal, and there is a, uh, the Lord's given me something to share with you, so I'm anxious to do that, but I have to just say this up front. Your president and his wife, Karen, are some of the most unbelievably awesome people I know on the planet. I, I'm going to give you a chance to clap really good in a minute because I got to tell you something. This doesn't even make sense because, you know, like he would, I, I would be somebody that would hope to be on his team, but I'm just letting you know, this is the best way I could describe it. If I was ever picking a team that I could have anybody work with me, that I could be on a team with, I promise you my first pick would be him. Tell you why. One of the most brilliant, smartest people I've ever met. One of the greatest growing learners I'm not just talking about one area. I'm talking about across the board. But the big one, this is the one. I got a lot of smart people around me. But I'll tell you this. I've never been in a room with him that there isn't a moment that comes up in it that he has the most insightful prophetic word from God that changes the atmosphere of the room. Every meeting I've ever been in with him. When I found out he was going to be the new president here, I said, God, thank you that that type of influence is going to be upon a a whole new generation of prophetic leaders for your kingdom. So now, would you, you can clap for me. Thank you for the honor to be with you, and I love you, man. Um, Doug Graham's also one of my most favorite people in the world. And Jeff, I mean, there's, there's just so many people here that are great. So many of my friends. Let me just pray. Let, let me tell you, I was praying this morning for this. And I just said, God, I just want to say what you want me to say. You'll see even in the talk today why that's so important. I just said, God, I don't want to just pray. I want to say what you want me to say, what you want. And uh, totally changed everything that I was thinking that we were going to do. And the Lord just told me, okay, sit there and don't preach. Share with them what you, I've been doing in you. It's changed you. It's changed the church. It's changed everything about you. And so uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to share what's been going on. Okay? Holy Spirit, open our hearts to hear you. If you want, just put your hand over your heart and just say, God, speak to my heart. I just want to hear what you have to say to me. Lord, speak to each person. Let your anointing be upon us to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. It was Easter Sunday, 2012. It was the biggest Sunday we had ever had in the history of our church. Uh, Had over 200 people that Sunday come up and give their heart to the Lord or that weekend. It was was amazing. Uh, Just really, really good. And then on Tuesday, we have our prayer meeting with all the staff and everybody who comes together. And so we came in for prayer. And uh, I mean, usually that's just like one of my favorite days. I love praying with the staff and the team. But man, it was as if the spirit of God had been lifted off my life. Never before, never since have I felt what I felt then. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be convicted or to be, feel like the Holy Spirit dealing with me. I've never felt that. I felt as if God's hand lifted off. 
It freaked me out so bad, I called my friend and I said, hey man, I don't know what to do. I mean, because look, in that moment, it's not like you can call your board or your staff together and say, hey, uh, I don't know what's wrong, but I feel like God's hands off my life. Could you guys pray with me? So I called my buddy down the road that is a pastor and asked them if they would pray with me and I went down. And as we got into a little room and we were praying together, we were just praying in the spirit, just asking the Lord to speak to us. And as we were praying, one of them said, I just had a vision. I said, okay, what was it? And, and he said, it was like, you know, like the weather map on uh, the news, like, well, the storm's coming in this direction. You know, and it, it's going like this and then it comes back and keeps going like this. He said, I saw this outpouring of the Holy Spirit headed towards the Oaks, the Oaks Church, and it's been pulled back rescinded and I said why he said well I didn't see that part (laughs) I'm going well that's not very helpful (laughs) you know I'm going I want God I want everything God has for me Uh, you know that just a second we'll pull this away from my face there is that good thanks man he said, I saw it coming towards you, but then uh, towards the church, but now it's been rescinded. I said, what's up with that? What's going on? And he said, well, some kind of trajectory deal. So one of the other guys praying says, okay, so what trajectory are you on right now? I said, well, we're about to do a series called In Search of Oz, where it's Dorothy, you know, she's the prodigal trying to get home, and the tin man needs a new heart, the scarecrow, new mind, the, the, the lion is like, I need courage, which is supposed to be his whole identity. He's got an identity crisis, and they're headed to the to the wizard to get help, but the problem is the wizard's a fraud. He's just pulling strings and doing all this behind a curtain. He didn't have no power to do any of that. And so just talking about how that's only God, and one, and one of the persons, one of the other guys looked at me and said, the Lord just told me you're the wizard. I said, I'm not the wizard. And she looked at me again and said, no, you're the wizard. I said, I'm not the wizard. She said, you're the wizard. <laughs> She said, you are back behind the curtain trying to cause services to be put together to to meet people's needs, but you don't have the power to do it. And you're putting on the show and you're putting on all the things. And the Lord says, if you don't pull the curtain back and expose yourself for who you are, he will. I was like, look at him saying, guys, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even understand. I love God with all my heart. I don't even, what is going on? I had to go home, pick up my son. So I'm headed uh, home and Dylan's with me, my oldest son, he's gonna speak tomorrow. I'm so honored to be able to do ministry with my son. Uh, But my youngest son, Dakota, at that time, he was like 14, 15. And as I'm driving home to go pick him up to do fine arts practice at the church, okay? As I'm going home to pick him up, my wife calls and says, you better get home and take care of this kid before I kill him. And I said, okay, what has happened? She said, uh, it's just like, you know how he is. I tell him, I say, hey, can you take out the trash? He says, give me a minute. And then I'm like going, okay, okay, then fine. And an hour goes by and I'll say, the trash isn't taken out. Get in here, son, what are you doing? He'll go, what? If that kid says what, one more time. I said, babe, I'll handle it when I get home. I'll handle it. I hung up the phone and as I'm driving, I said, God, help me to know what to do to be able to reach Dakota, to be able to talk to him, to do this. How do I handle it? And what's so weird is here, I can't hear from myself. I I don't get, I don't see clearly what's going on with me. God told me right then what I needed to do with him. He said, when you get home, tell Dakota to go to his room, shut the door, open up his Bible and turn to 1 Samuel 15 and to write a one page paper on what I'm telling him from 1 Samuel 15. I gotta be honest with you guys. I heard the Lord tell me 1 Samuel 15. I didn't even know what was there. Right. 
So I didn't even do that. I just walked in. I said, I want you to go upstairs, shut the door, open up your Bible, son. And before we go to fine arts practice, I want you to sit down and go to 1 Samuel 15. And I want you to write a one page paper of what God's telling you. And you come down and read it to us before we go. He goes upstairs, does it, comes down about 30 minutes later. He pulls out his paper and he's reading. He goes, fine, here it is. All right, like the prophet Samuel was like telling Saul, take the Israelites and go destroy the Amorites, okay? Because their sin has come up before him so bad. So then he goes and he defeats them. But when he comes back, Samuel meets him and says, hey, what have you done? Why have you done this? And Saul's like, what? (laughs) And Samuel's like, hey, why do you have the animals? I see the cows and the sheep. You're supposed to kill everything. Well, we brought those back for, to sacrifice to God. And like Samuel's like going like, what sacrifice if like you don't obey? And then, and then he's like, well, I was trying to do right. And he says, no, because you have disobeyed God, the kingdom will be ripped out of your hands. And so I understand what God's saying. I said, what? God says partial obedience isn't obedience at all. We got in the car and we headed to the church and as he got out to go into fine arts practice, there was a couple in our church who drove up right next to us, kind of like this, and I rolled down the window, hadn't seen him for a while because she had been in the hospital with really bad surgery stuff and been in for like weeks. And uh, we rolled down the window and I said, oh, so good to see you guys. And she said, Pastor, thank you so much for what you guys do with having the services online because since I've been in the hospital, that's the only way I could come to church and I've been watching. And that message you did on Revelation 3, man, it has rocked my world. And man, it's just, I've, I've just been meditating on it. Thank you for that. And I said, praise God, good to see you. Rolled at the window. And as I got on the highway, going back home, I gotta be, I'm telling you right now, I still don't know, not, I, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't remember preaching anything from Revelation 3. But as I get on the highway headed home, this is what I hear the Lord say to me. Son, when you get home, I'd like you to go to your room. And I'd like you to close the door. And I'd like you to open your Bible to Revelation 3 and write a one-page paper on what I'm saying to you. So I go home and my wife's wanting to process Dakota. I said, hey, God's processing me right now. <laughs> I'm being sent to my room. So I, I go to the room. I open up the Bible to Revelation 3. And what I want to do is just share with you as I read each line. What I did is I just had my Bible out. And then I had my notepad here. And every sentence, I would, I would write down what he told me. And I wrote the one-page paper. So I'm just going to tell you what happened each line. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 it says, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write. And I stopped and I knew from my study that the angel wasn't talking about a winged creature. It's talking about the messenger of the church, the messenger of the house, the pastor. And I said, Lord, what are you saying? And the Lord said, I can't do what I want to do in the church until you let me do what I want to do in you. I'm talking to you. This isn't a message to the church primarily. It's a message to you first. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. He's saying, I'm speaking to you and you can't argue your way out of this one or act like, hey, you can't tell me what God says because I'm God and I'm telling you what I say. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And at that moment, I'm sitting there and, I'm, and I pause. I'd like put my pen down and say, I don't get it. I don't understand. This is what you're saying to me? 
What have I done? We just had the biggest Easter ever. We just had 200 people get saved. I mean, why are you, why are you fronting me like this? I don't even understand what I've done. I'm sitting here, trajectories off and all this. What, are you, what is this about? Because I feel like I've done everything right. So I look at the next line, it says, you say I'm rich and I've acquired wealth and don't need a thing. Sounds like what I was just saying. (laughs) But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, he wasn't insulting me at that point, and I knew it. What he was saying is, you think you have it all together, but you don't. And in fact, the way you're doing things right now is of no value. So I counsel you. So he says, this is my advice of what I'm telling you to do because I'm sitting there going, so tell me. all right." You, I go pray with these people. They tell me all the things that are wrong, but they don't tell me even, they tell me it's off, but they don't tell me what to do or what is, what's the problem is. So he goes, I'll counsel you. Basically, I'm gonna tell you now what it is. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. How does gold get refined? You put gold for an extended amount of time in intense heat. The dross and the impurities rise to the top and then you scrape off the junk. You scrape off the impurity and that's how you refine gold. And I wrote down, the Lord told me, he said, Do you understand what I'm trying to do? I'm telling you, I'm inviting you and asking you to come into my presence and spend extended time in my presence, which is an all-consuming fire. And I will cause the impurities of your flesh and your thoughts to rise up and to come up and I will scrape them out so that when you get up to speak, it won't be a 60-40, a 50-50, 50% you, 50% me, 60% you, 40% me, but I'm gonna make it where it's pure gold and it'll just be my word. That's when you'll get up and it'd be rich that's when you get up and there will be true value not that it's your personality or your ability to sway but it's my word and it's pure he said i've given you white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and the lord told me he said son quit trying to wear everybody else's clothes everybody else's ministry style or their idea, or their process. He said, I have a tailor-made ministry for you. And it's, here's what he said, when you get up to speak, what I wanna do with you is I want my divinity to cover your humanity. My robe of righteousness will cover you so that when you speak, they'll no longer even see or hear from you. It won't, it, it'll be a spiritual dynamic. In other words, this is, what he, this is what he was telling me. I was writing down. He said, every week you stand in the back and when the message is over and people leave, they'll come up to you and go, home run, pastor. You killed it today. That was a grand thing. They'll do like this. No more. He said, when my divinity covers your humanity, they will start coming out and saying this. I don't know what happened. It was like God talked right to me. I was sitting in there and it was as if everything else in the room went away and God was talking right to my life. Pastor, I don't know how that just happened. God talked to me today. He says, I'm gonna give you salve to put on your eyes so you can see. And right at that moment, my eyes were open to what God was saying. He was saying, you're doing ministry for me instead of doing ministry with me. 
You're putting services together and asking me to bless it instead of asking me, what do you want, to, what do you want me to say? You're just figuring out cool things to say. You're just going on the web. What's cool series on this issue? Siri, cool series on that. What's, what's Rick saying? What's, what's Andy saying? What's Carl saying? What's Judah saying? What's, what's the cool series? What really worked for somebody? And you're bringing that in. And the Lord said, I'm opening your eyes right now to the deception that you're doing stuff for me instead of listening to me and doing it with my power of what I'm saying. When my eyes were opened, I was just, it, it was devastating to me to see the situation to the point that I'm going, am I ever going to get the anointing back? Am I ever going to feel it? Because I don't feel it at the moment. Am I out? And the next line was so powerful to me. It says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. And the Lord told me this. When you came home and told Dakota to go to his room and read the Bible, close the door and write that paper, were you telling him, I'm so mad at you, son, I'm done with you? Or were you telling them, I love you so much, go to your room so you can learn this, so you can go to another level. Don't you know that's my heart of why I sent you to your room? So be earnest and repent. You know what the word repent means? It doesn't just mean turn around in your actions. It means turn around in your thinking. So the Lord says, change the way you're thinking and quit thinking that you have to build the church and you have to make things happen and you have to do things and you have to perform. And just understand, the whole thought is just to listen to me. Get the goal refining the fire. Let me cover your humanity. Let me tell you what to say and just say it. That's your whole job. That's it. Change your way of thinking. And when that happened, here's what I honestly thought. I said, I would love to do that. But Sundays come every single week. And I don't know what to say every week. There are weeks that I feel the anointing. I feel the power of God. I feel it. But it happens every single week. And every single week it goes good. God, I feel like how in the world is that going to happen next week? It's just so hard, God. How do I even, how can that even be sustainable with everything else going on? And I read the next line. It says, here I am, exclamation point. In other words, he's saying, it's not like I'm far off. I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking it. If you will listen to my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person and they with me. And the Lord said, I'm standing right here at the door. I'm not far off. All you gotta do is let me in. Listen to what I'm saying and I'll make catered meals for the oaks. Now, this was a huge concept that it says, I'll come in and eat with you. The Lord said, if you'll let me in and listen to me, I will give, he's, this is what he said. The reason why Oaks Church is anemic, the people are anemic, is because you're feeding them things that don't meet the exact nutritional need they have. You're feeding them stuff I cooked up for another church. My son Dylan, like, President Hagen was talking about he played football at Kansas State. They have nutrition. I mean, these guys at that level, they're like, it's science stuff. Let's do the blood. Does he need to gain weight, lose weight, build muscle? What does he need to do for his position at this time? So when he'd come in for practice at five in the morning, in his locker would have a shake, whether it was fruit or whether it was bagels, whatever it was that was his specific, it had his name and his number on it. And every locker had the same. 
different food and different stuff with their name and their number on it. How silly would it have been if he said, man, I'm tired of what they're making for me. I'm gonna go over to this lineman. He's a kicker and I'm gonna go over to this lineman and change with him or I'm gonna go over to this guy and change with him. It has his name and his number on it. God says, don't you know I'm gonna give you a word that has a nutritional value for the house? It has your name and has your number on it. Him right here if you'll listen. Then he said to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus told me at that moment, he said, do you understand what I'm giving to you? If you'll win this victory where you'll say, I will no longer speak another word out of my mouth except for what I hear from the Lord. I will never preach again except for what God tells me. If you'll win this victory in your heart to trust that my word is enough, then I'm gonna, listen, I'm gonna give you access to be able to sit on the throne in my presence. Just like the Father gave me a throne next to him, you get one next to me. In other words, he's saying the same access I had with the Father when I was on the planet, you have the same access to the Father if you'll get this right in your heart. And when you get up and preach, people will go, dude, I feel like he's speaking with authority as if he just came from the throne room. It'll be because you did. And then it closes up with the summary. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let them hear what the Spirit is saying. That's what has the power to change. So at this point, I go, okay, God, okay. Are you saying I'm Saul? Are you ripping the kingdom out of my hand like you did with Saul? Is that why we did that with Dakota today? And he said, no, 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 you're not like Saul. You're more like Peter. And I said, okay, how's that? And he said, when I went to Peter and I said, I'm gonna wash your feet, Peter goes, no, 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 Lord, you can't wash my feet. In the moment I said, well, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you have no place with me. Then he says, then wash me all over. He said, that's just like you. Every time I try to tell you something, you either take away from it or add to it. Why can't you just do what I say? Woo! He said, when I told Peter, hey, I asked him, do you love me? And Peter goes, yes, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. Don't you understand? The way you communicate as a minister that you love me is that you trust my word and you feed. They're my sheep, not your sheep. And you feed them what I give you to feed them. That's an expression of your love and trust to me. And what does Peter do? He turns and says, well, what does John got to do? And that's exactly what I'm telling you, son. As long as you continue to compare yourself to other churches and how you stand with other people and their ministry versus your ministry, you're going to get what is that to you you feed my sheep what I tell you to feed them that's all you need to know so I said okay so what are you saying should we stop this series that we're doing and by the way just to let you know we had invested ten thousand dollars in the series and mailed out fifty thousand invites I said it's done we're over we won't do it he said not so fast this will be a series of repentance I want you to put a chair and you sit in that chair for as long as I tell you. And for six months, I sat in a chair and didn't preach getting out of that chair. Because the Lord says, I've got to reteach you that my word's enough. And I want you to get up and tell them what you were going to preach and then tell them what I told you. And there'll be such a stark difference, you'll never go back. And then what I want you to do is we had built this gigantic Emerald City set with the gold road and all that. He said, I want you to get up there and I want you to rip it apart every week until all that's left is a cross. So I didn't even know the song existed, but there's a song by Jimmy Needham called Clear the Stage. Didn't even know, never heard it. And Jimmy lives down the street from me. Didn't even know that. (laughs) 
and somebody on my board when I was telling him that I was going to do this because I don't want to surprise him on Sunday. And I told him, he said, man, you need to listen to that Clear the Stage song. So I played it at the end and I invited everybody. I said, guys, just like God spoke to me, here, listen, this is very key right here. The sin of Israel was never that they did not believe in God. The sin of Israel is they brought other gods alongside of him. In other words, we trust in you, God, except for sometimes you don't do it when I want it and how I want it, so I'm gonna have these other guys over here too. Anything you do in church and life and ministry that is in addition to what God is saying is actually a distraction. Even your creativity in ministry is is a distraction if that creativity did not come from the creator in the Genesis. So I just want to give you a moment. We're going to play this song, Clear the Stage. Just want to give you a moment to pray, to check your heart and say, is there anything in your personal life? I'm not even talking about ministry. Some of you say, man, I ain't preaching. I'm talking about how you're living. Are you trusting him completely? Is there anything you need to clear out and say, God, it's you and you alone. Whatever you say is what I'll say. Whatever you do, want me to do is what I'll do. Let's play it. the idols Check the pews and all the decorations too Until the congregation's feeling half revival Tell your friends that this is where the party ends Until you're broken for your sins You can't be social Seek the Lord and wait for what He has in store And know that great is your reward So just be hopeful Cause you can sing all you want to Yes you can sing all you want to You can sing all you want to Still get it wrong Worship is more than a song Take a break from all the plans that you've made And sit at home alone and wait for God to whisper Beg him please to open up his mouth and speak And pray for real upon your knees until they blister Shine the light on every corner of your life Until the pride and lust and lies are in the open Then read the word and put to test the things you've heard Till your heart and soul are stirred and brought and broken Cause you can sing all you want to Yes you can It's not easy. 
Anything that I put before my God is an idol. Anything I want with all my heart is an idol. God, I thank you that you are a God of incredible goodness and grace, that you bring us back to where we need to be. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for the joy that you fill my heart with every day that I get to just serve you. And I don't have to have the pressure to figure things out. I just wake up every day and say, what do you want me to say? And I say it. I say, what do you want me to do? And, you t and I do it. And you say, I just say, what do you want? Where did I go? I'll, I'll go. And it's up to you. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God most high who will fulfill your purpose for me. And you'll do that for every one of my brothers and sisters too. Let us walk with that confidence and that peace in Jesus' name, amen. The altar's open. I know you need to go to class. God bless you, love you, see you tomorrow.